The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It is the Mike Broomhead Show. So as we watch people, the economy of the United States, obviously uh, falling and falling and falling. There are some industries that are still doing very well. If you are in the trucking shipping industry, you are at a premium right now. Um, I have a friend named Jack who is a trucker. He owns his own truck and he works for himself and he travels across the country. And he sent me a message this weekend and say, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay home. So he is coming back to Arizona and he's going to work in Arizona because he'd rather help us get back on track in the shipping and the trucking industry. So that's it's a good thing. We also know the healthcare industry, the grocery industry. But another one, firearms, guns and ammunition flying off the store shelves during an outbreak. Now, the easy for me, the low hanging fruit is the Second Amendment conversation about purchasing firearms. And I will tell you that without getting down that, not getting into the weeds too much when it comes to the argument about gun control, this is where I will tell you this is why the gun owners that I know own firearms. You never want an altercation. I have been a gun owner my entire adult life. I And I'm an excitable person. For those that know me in my private life, I do not shy away from confrontation. Now, I'm not rolling around on the ground and fist fighting people. I'm 52 years old. I'm way beyond that. But I have no problem with a confrontation. None whatsoever. I, a few years ago, stopped a couple of guys from shoplifting in a neighborhood store that I lived, just tried to stop these guys from stealing, and ended up fighting in a parking lot with two guys until the cops got there. Never have I brandished a firearm on a human being. Never. Not even in a situation where it was two against one. Didn't feel my life was in danger. Didn't feel the need to do anything like that. Never want to. Never do I want to point a firearm on a human being. And I believe that's what 99% of gun owners feel. But when you look at a time now where we are in a situation of uncertainty, people are afraid. People are concerned about looting. People are concerned about robbery. Um, I went to the bank on Friday, and one of the bank branches I went to was out of cash. The, the teller, now this could have just been a simple miscalculation on what they needed, but the teller had $120 and $1 bills, and that was it in her drawer. And they were waiting for a delivery of cash. So people are hoarding cash. When you have that kind of cash in your house, when you have stocked up on supplies, there are people that are nervous. What will happen next? We know that local police departments are overwhelmed with a lot of things. They are asking people if you can do these reports online or do them over the phone, whether it's a stolen vehicle or whatever else. They don't want to send officers out of a concern for spread of the virus. Speaking of which... I uh, I was texting with uh, with the sheriff today. Um, they are running out of supplies dra- rapidly for deputies and for officers and troopers when it comes to masks or especially hand sanitizer with every interaction with the public sanitizing be even more so now than ever. Um, if you are able, if you are able to find sanitizer, if you have extra sanitizer, um, let's get them in the hands of first responders. Let's get it to the fire station near you. Let's get it to the police precinct. Drop it off at the sheriff office, even if it's one bottle of sanitizer, anything you can do to kind of show support for men and women who are coming in contact with the public on a regular basis as as a first responder. Let's see what we can do to keep them safe. One of the things I loved was watching when the when the war effort started back in 03, 04, 
the number of Americans who who knew that the little comforts of home that the troops could get, whether it was deodorant or hard candy or the things we could send them with a note of thank you, did their hearts good. And there were truckloads of things that were dropped off and then shipped to the troops overseas. Well, now it's not just about creature comforts. This is about life saving and about safety. If there's something we can do for the first responders that are not able to segregate themselves, to quarantine themselves because of the job they do, this is an opportunity for us to sacrifice a little bit to make sure they have what they need to stay healthy during this pandemic. So that's my public service announcement for the day is if you are able to get your hands on sanitizer or if you have some of those masks, drop them off at the fire station, drop them off at a local precinct, give it to a cop. I just think it's something we can do to show them that we're thankful that they're still in harm's way, even more so now than ever. But the gun industry, um, Howie Glasser owns United Nations Ammunition Company in Glendale. He told 12 News this week that his website's been shut down by a spike in demand. When businesses are shutting down in America, things are going bad. Businesses like these are able to make their aren't are able to make their margins. Prices do escalate because gun and ammunition are a commodity like gold, silver, and the stock market. We've seen this at times. When the fear of of something happens, we watch this spike. Doesn't mean people are paranoid. It means people are trying to be prepared. And trying to, when you're scared now and considering owning a gun, I've said before, I own a fire extinguisher. That does not mean that I want my kitchen to catch on fire. It's being prepared. Yes, I'm going to call the fire department. Yes, they're the professionals at extinguishing a fire. But I'm going to do my best to save my house until they get there. And it's the same thing with firearms ownership. No one wants to point a gun. No one wants to shoot. But if I'm stuck in a situation that when I dial 911, the police are three to five minutes away, and I've got someone beaten on my door or worse, I'm in a one-on-one situation... I want to be able to protect myself and the people I love. And people are afraid right now. Uncertainty breeds fear. And you want to be able to protect yourself and your family. That is a normal, rational human instinct. And so, so many people are doing this. The vast majority of people that are in favor of gun control, and I mean this with all due respect, this is not an insult. It, that position comes from a place of ignorance, not a place of, of stupidity, ignorance. You've never been to a firearms dealer. You've never seen the process of purchasing a firearm. You've never held a firearm. You've never really had a conversation with someone that owns them and why. And I think that before you go all in on being a gun control advocate, A, think about situations like this that we're in right now, and B, educate yourself with someone that you know that owns guns and have a reasonable conversation. I think it might change your mind a little bit. In a moment, the numbers in Arizona have increased again overnight. We'll talk about the increase in Arizona, what the numbers mean, and what they are exactly. That comes up in just a moment. The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. A, a reminder that at 2.30 this afternoon, we are scheduled to have the next White House update on COVID-19. That will be carried live here on KTAR. And, of course, Gatos and Chad will have a full update and full reaction to that after the press conference. So make sure you're locked here um, 
I will tell you that I'm the new guy on the block here at KTAR. Not a better news team in the industry. The KTAR News app right now is invaluable. It's going to give you up-to-the-minute updates whenever there are new numbers that come out, new mandates, new suggestions, uh, press conferences. You're going to know about it first. So download the KTAR News app on your phone. And if you go to KTAR.com slash coronavirus, it's updated I mean, minute by minute almost with all the latest information. New numbers in today, and we are now 234 confirmed cases in Arizona. That is a big jump from where we were a week ago, as predicted. Now, if you look across the country, we have, just to give you some perspective on where we are in Arizona and where we want to keep it, we have fewer cases in the entire state of Arizona than some counties in New York. New York is dealing with this pandemic. They have got a huge number of cases. New York is a crowded city. People are crammed together and trying to get a handle on this has been difficult. Now, what I thought was interesting about this, and we're going to talk more about this in a few moments, is people like Megan McCain, who is from Arizona, but in New York, very upset with watching Arizona not responding properly. She's in New York and sees how bad it has gotten there. She doesn't want it to happen here. Governor Cuomo from New York yesterday doing a press conference, very critical of New York's response and how they've been dealing with this. So the warning signs are there. I would say to you that it's a mic- it is kind of a smaller picture, a microcosm. America watched what was happening in Europe. Now, let's I want to get rid of politics for a moment and give you my personal opinion. And if you want to call it political, that's fine, too. The president was criticized for stopping travel to China. Did it too soon. Then he was criticized for stopping travel to Europe. He did it too soon. He also was criticized for not acting soon enough. Let's dispel the politics and look at a few things. Number one. That early shutdown of European travel by accounts from experts across the world was the right thing to do because what it did was buy us time. The Italian people did not deal with this fast enough. It's not a criticism. They didn't have the information that we had. The epicenter shifted from China to Europe of the spread of this virus. Italy being so crammed as the nation is in most parts. Their cities are very, very compact. Rome especially. But, and you look at northern Italy, where a lot of where the big spread is. You look at Milan and, and the, you're looking at major deaths. Is it because of the aging population? But aside from the reasons why we are seeing the multitude of deaths, but the spread of the disease in Italy was because they did not react soon enough. They became a reactionary. Instead of being proactive, they were reactive to the illness, and it cost them dearly in weeks. So the U.S. looking at that said, we want to nip this if we can. So instead of waiting until it gets that bad to start quarantining people, let's be proactive and do it early. And we think it's working in quite the same way. Arizona, we should be looking at Washington state. We should look at California. We should look at New York. And we it's not a criticism of any of those places. It's we've seen what happens when people don't react in the right way or in the right amount of time. We see how bad it can get, how quickly it can get bad. Let's not do that. 
So I'll be honest, I still do not believe that a mandated shutdown by the mayor or even by the governor with some of the mandated shutdowns is the right thing to do. I think that giving people the information and asking them to do that is the right thing to do. And most people do respond the right way. In spite of what we've seen with the mandatory shutdown of businesses, we are still seeing people doing the wrong thing, either out of ignorance or out of just not believing that it's as bad as it sounds. So we have shut down bars and we've shut down restaurants. But the hiking parks and, the, and and all those recreational areas remain open, as they should. And instead of people driving to Papago Park and saying, this place is way too crowded, I'm not going to hike these trails shoulder to shoulder with people when I can't go to work. It defeats the purpose. We're seeing people jammed shoulder to shoulder. But overall, Arizona, and I know the governor's office is doing this. They are looking at New York. They're looking at Washington and California and saying, what did they not do that we should? And what did they do that we shouldn't? And we are able to learn lessons from that. And I think we should heed those warnings. If we can get on the other side of this 15 days to slow the spread. If we can get on the other side of this 15 days, we are watching the upswing that was predicted. Testing is more readily available. We are seeing test results are coming in faster because the private sector is implementing the tests. If we are able at the end of that 15 days to say we have a better handle on the numbers now, we are quarantining people faster, and we are going to see a flattening of this curve by all the data we have so far, in the long run, this will be worth it for America's health. The other side of this is, what are they going to do next, state and federally, to prop up the businesses that did what they were asked, shut down, and sacrificed? Let's get them open and let's get people back to work. Should be the two-pronged approach. Numbers in Arizona 234. We now have 234 confirmed cases, two deaths in the state of Arizona. Those are very important numbers. Coming up next, we will talk about why is Kirsten Cinema being very critical of Rand Paul, Governor Cuomo in New York, and Megan McCain about Arizona. All of that coming up next. Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Um, we're going to talk about why some people are angry and upset with uh, with Rand Paul and with Arizona and New Yorkers. But a little bit of possible breaking news. It is being reported. The only source we've seen so far is USA Today. But the USA Today is reporting that the Tokyo Olympics will be postponed until 2021. A number of nations saying they are not sending athletes. So we'll find out if that's true. There's been a lot of discussion about whether or not the Olympics would be postponed. USA Today reporting that they will be postponed until next year. So that's a, that is a, a continuing story. So... Uh, Megan McCain was scheduled to join us today. We're trying to get Megan on the air tomorrow. I've mentioned before that Megan and I have grown to be friends over the years. When her father was sick, uh, she was my liaison to the family, and we became pretty close. I was I was very close with Senator McCain, and he was very, very good to me um, over the years. And uh, I think that, just a side note, that 
Um, I didn't realize what a personal connection I had had with the senator because we had on-air arguments before and conversations and discussions and disagreements and agreements over the years. But he always treated me like an equal, like a peer, which I was always blown away by. And I remember that when he was diagnosed as having brain cancer and went home for treatment, came home for treatment, the very first interview he gave in the in the world after being diagnosed and starting treatment was with me. And I always took that as such a a personal compliment. So I became friends with Megan over the years and and she is been very upset with Arizona's response. And I want you to hear what she said, and then we'll talk about the level of, of uh, anger. We just have to keep um, safe distancing. And all the pictures I've been seeing, people are not doing that or they're not able to just because, you know, the, the hiking trails are so are, you know t- tight and congested. But it's very, very dangerous. Now, this is coming from a position of being in New York City. She lives and works in New York. And she told me she's got a number of friends who have COVID-19, didn't give me any names. But she's concerned because New Yorkers didn't heed the warnings. Governor Cuomo says they are still not heeding the warnings. This was Governor Cuomo yesterday talking about New Yorkers and their lack of of, uh, paying attention. I was in these parks. You would not know that anything was going on. This is just a mistake. It's insensitive. It's arrogant. It's self-destructive. It's disrespectful to other people. And it has to stop and it has to stop now. So they're upset because New Yorkers aren't paying attention. I would say Megan McCain is upset that Arizona isn't looking at what New Yorkers didn't do and doing it before it gets bad. That's kind of there's wisdom in that in that should we be avoiding turning into New York, California or Washington state. There are some places in America right now that are dealing with very very small numbers compared to the rest of the country and the rest of the world. And they can stay that way if they heed the warnings now. So that's where we are. That's where the level of anger is. Now, what was what I found interesting is that Kirsten Cinema had some very, very strong words for Senator Rand Paul. Rand Paul was diagnosed, had a positive coronavirus or COVID-19 test. The day before he was given the results, he was reportedly in the Senate gym and in the Senate pool. And Kirsten Cinema thought that this was immensely irresponsible. And I just want to read the quote. I've never commented about a fellow senator's choices or actions. This is a tweet. So um, choices slash actions. Never once. This America is absolutely irresponsible. You cannot be near other people while waiting for a coronavirus test results. It endangers others and likely increases the spread of the virus. We now know that there are another a, a number of other members that are self-quarantining because of exposure. She's got a point that if they're only testing people that are symptomatic, apparently, and they're also, I think, testing some members of Congress, maybe, that have come in contact with, that need to be tested to be assured. And if you are waiting on a test because of exposure, you shouldn't come to work. 
Now, I personally was in I was with um, Congressman Gosar on a Saturday. The following day, Congressman Gosar was notified that he had been in contact with someone eight days earlier that tested positive for coronavirus. So he immediately self-quarantined for the rest of that 14-day period. He was exposed eight days. He spent another six days in self-quarantine. When I found out that I had been in contact with someone who had been in contact with someone, the first thing I did was start making phone calls. Do I need to be tested? Do I need to quarantine? I had to let my bosses know. I didn't want to take an opera, take a chance that I would spread the virus. If they had told me I needed to be tested, I would not have come to work until I got a test result. That's just being responsible. I work for a great company that values its employees. Everybody that's non-essential to day-to-day business in this building is not here. The company has gone to great lengths and great expense to make sure that everybody that can work from home is working from home. If you're here, we've got sanitizer stations everywhere. Everyone is taking extra care. It's just the right thing to do. So I understand a Megan McCain being serious about this. I want you to hear something. This morning, I talked with a nurse named Tina. She is a personal friend. I've known her for 20 years plus. And uh, brilliant, brilliant woman. And she works, obviously, as a critical care nurse. She's uh, got her master's degree. She's also a teacher. Her daughter's in the healthcare industry. When it comes to how we should behave, this is what she told me this morning. What I've told everybody that asked me is um, you should be acting as if you're a carrier and that everybody else has it. So, you know, keep that distance, be mindful, wash your hands, make sure other people are washing their hands, you know, cover your cough and all those sorts of things. So act as if you're a carrier and everyone else has it. So do what it takes to make sure you don't spread it because you have it and you don't get it because everyone else does. If we all behave that way or just careful. That would stop a lot of this. And I think it's sound advice. I think it's actually excellent advice. We're going to talk. You'll hear more of what Tina had to say coming up just after the top of the hour. Again, a reminder, 2.30 this afternoon, the president and the White House task force expected to have another update for the American people. That's 2.30 Arizona time. We will carry that live here on KTAR. And, of course, Chad and Gatos will have reaction after KTAR.com slash coronavirus. Up to the minute information on coronavirus or download and I would say and download the KTAR news app. In a moment, is being quarantined actually going to turn out to be worse than having the virus long term for America? And a tweet from the president. We're going to talk about that coming up next. The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks again for being here. It is the Mike Broomhead Show. We're here until noon. We appreciate it. 2.30. We are going to have an update from the White House, and we're double-checking on the the update, the daily update from the governor's office. We are going to double-check that. Uh, Governor's scheduled to join us tomorrow morning here on the show. Uh, Get you details on that in just a few moments as we confirm that. Um, Is the the economic destruction, which is happening right now, 
worse than the fallout and long-term effects from COVID-19. Now, of course, what everybody will say, the politically correct thing to say is um, no loss of life is worth trying to save money for. I, I understand all of that. At the very same time, I will tell you that there are very many people out there that have asked, would you risk illness right now to save everything you have economically, financially? And there are a lot of people that would say the risk of what I'm seeing so far is worth um, is worth it to save my own personal economy, my family's economy. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, tweeted out yesterday. We cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. At the end of the 15-day period, we will make a decision as which way we go. The president has surrounded himself with very good people. And I think the more people we hear talk from the Surgeon General, hearing Dr. Fauci speak, uh, Fauci was this weekend was talking, um, was was on one of the news shows, and was asked about all of this, and the president and what he says, And he said, I have never told the president that in the interest of science, this has to happen. And the president didn't listen. He said, but he asks a lot of questions. That's just his nature. That's the way he is. And to be honest, I mean, mean, that's the way really it ought to be. Um, There is a difference between taking this seriously, which I think every American now does on some level, taking this seriously and watching the economy of the United States Um, get to a point where it's going to take us decades to recover. Uh, The Dow right now is about 18.9. So that is about a 10,000 point drop from the record at where it was weeks ago, a couple of months ago. We have watched 10,000 points wiped out of the Dow. And everyone with a 401k, people that are living off of retirement that are still invested in, 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 in the stock market, people that want to retire, if you're 60 years old right now, 60 plus years old right now, watching what's happening, the prospect of retirement just looks like it's it's gone for you in the near future. How many people out there would say that the economy of the United States cannot be wiped out because of, of what's going on with this illness? There is a there is a two sided fight going on. One of them is about stopping the spread of this virus, treating the people that have the virus and preventing people from getting the virus on one front. And the other front is stabilizing the American economy so that when we're past the crisis, we have something to rebuild. Most indicators, the president says it, but most economic indicators are that our country's economy was so strong that we will quickly recover. There are a couple of things about this that I find interesting and possible. Number one, there have been a few things exposed during this crisis that I think most Americans see as a huge weakness now and needs to be rectified. One of them is that so much of our pharmaceuticals come from China. We are dependent for antibiotics, acetaminophen, um, the different drugs that we take over the counter and prescription are manufactured in China. I think as a national security measure, that number of 80 to 90 percent has got to drop dramatically. And we've got to find another source for those meds, whether we, we make them domestically or somewhere else. But being that dependent on China shows a huge weakness in our in our medical industry. Number one. But manufacturing and other jobs, 
that we have sent to China with the stabilization of the American economy the way it was going. And I'm not going to make this partisan, I'm going to give, but I am going to give you my opinion here. When we reduce taxes on manufacturing jobs, when we reduce taxes on companies here to make them more um, competitive in a worldwide market, when we reduce regulation for manufacturers so the compliance is easier, so that they can compete internationally, more manufacturing jobs were returning to America. I think we now see the need to have even more of those here, if possible. The recreation of NAFTA into the USMCA, where we now have manufacturing agreements with Mexico and with Canada, where we now see an increase in wages and safety in the Mexican markets so that they are now more like the American and they're more competitive or we're more competitive with them. That's a good thing. How much of these things can shift to North America, if not solely in America, to North America to make us less reliant on international trade like China? That doesn't mean we're going to stop doing business with China, but doesn't it mean that we need to not be doing 80 to 90 percent of any industry in one place? Forever we heard people say we need to stop our reliance on foreign oil. Well, to some people, that meant getting out of the fossil fuel industries completely and not using fossil fuels. Impossible. But to others, it meant let's start drilling and let's do fracking and let's do things like that, where we realize that the Americans are can do it better and safer than anywhere in the world. And then by us being the biggest exporter, we are now energy independent in the U.S., all the arguments about the environment are, are, are arguments we can have, but there is no doubt that we're a safer nation when we're energy independent. If we don't fix, if we don't fix our dependence on China for 80 to 90 percent of some pharmaceuticals, that's a natural, national security issue I think that needs to be addressed immediately. The trade issue is the other, that are there manufacturing jobs there are there industries that are hurting because of the stoppage in China for as long as it has been that we need to diversify and look at other places where we can still reason have reasonable pricing and have things manufactured in other places. I think this is something that will be addressed, but we have to have an economy to to grow again it's It's one thing to prune the tree. It's another thing to cut the tree down. I'm interested in what the president is going to do, because as the president's saying, you know, we we can't we can't have the cure be worse than the disease itself. I know that's a horrible this is a horrible analogy, but um, you will you will see doctors, oncologists that will tell you that that's always the um, the concern when someone is diagnosed is the cure or is the treatment for an illness sometimes going to be worse than the disease itself which is always a decision patients have to make so we're we're going to find out coming up just after 11 o'clock um we talked with a nurse earlier today her name is tina and uh tina's a good friend of mine and i've known her for over 20 years and she's a brilliant woman she's a great nurse her daughter is in the health care industry as well 
the sacrifices that people in the healthcare industry, first responders, people in the trucking and shipping industry right now, the sacrifices they're making with time, working overtime, stressful hours, but especially when you're talking about the medical industry where they are distancing themselves from family members because they don't want to bring this virus home. And so kids and grandkids, they're, they are quarantining themselves, working all day, working all night, and still distancing themselves from people they love. That is a big concern. I want you to hear parts of that. The advice she gives on what everybody should be doing and a little insight into the medical industry itself. It was a compelling interview. It will be up as and it, it's already up in its entirety at KTAR.com. But your ability to hear from a medical professional and what they're enduring right now and the advice medical professionals are giving the general public on how to keep yourself safe and virus free. That's coming up.